You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hey everyone, welcome again to Church at Home from our home. We're so excited that you can join us wherever you are at. Maybe you're in your living room or you're sitting at the kitchen table out on the deck, or maybe you're listening when you're driving in your car. Wherever you're at, we want to say thank you for joining us. We know during this time it's been especially difficult to not come together and worship together and just even have a lot of that connection and familiarity that we have with our church family. And so we want to say thank you for continuing to engage, continuing to connect, and continuing to stay involved here at Treeline. We know that God is not surprised by any of this, and we know that God is going to get us through it, but we want to say thank you for continuing to connect and join us here each Sunday as we do church at home. Kind of want to ask, start with a question. Have you ever made a promise that you've not been able to keep? Now, I think if we were all together and we did this survey and we said, hey, raise your hand if you've made a promise that you couldn't keep before, I think probably everyone's hand would be up. At least mine would be up. And now some of you are probably looking around at some of the people that you're watching with me like, I know your hand needs to be up because you've made a promise to me that you've not been able to keep. And the truth is that we kind of all, this is something that's part of the human experience, that we make promises that we're not able to always come through with. And so there's actually a story about someone getting in a little bit of trouble making a promise. There was a a couple, they were a married couple, and they were out having a date night. They get a babysitter, and they come home late after their date, and they find the house is wonderful. The kids are all tucked in, they're sleeping, they're in bed, and the parents can't get over it. And they look at the babysitter, and they're like, how? How did you do this? This is amazing. I can't believe the kids are actually in bed. They'll never go to bed for us. And so as the babysitter's walking out the door, she said, yeah, I told Johnny that if he stayed in bed that you'll get him a pony in the morning. So (laughs) the promise that now the parents having to buy the bad end of that deal, I don't know how that morning looked like, and I kind of have to wonder if they brought that babysitter back or not. My guess is probably not. But we've all done it before, and you're like, wow, Brian, that's a pretty terrible, sad dad joke. Well, that's what we do. I'm a dad joke, and I tell them. And matter of fact, here's another one for you. You ready for this? There is actually a gentleman, and every single time he got a paycheck, he would take $20 from cash out of that paycheck, and he would stick it underneath his mattress. Now, as time went by, you can imagine the money accumulated, and he was getting a little along in order in his life, and he started to get a little sick and kind of figured out that the end was getting near. So he brings his wife, and he says, I just want you to promise me one thing when I die. And so she looks at him lovingly and says, yes, what is it? What do you want? And he says, when I die, I want you to take all of this money and and bury me with it so that I can take it with me. And so she says, okay, I'll do that for you. And so as time went on, he got a little sicker, and sure enough, he passed away. And so she honors his request. She goes and gets all of the cash, and she brings it and deposits into their bank account, writes a check, and then puts it in the casket with him, thus fulfilling her promise. I wish I could hear some of the chuckles or some of the like, wow, that is really terrible. I know it's bad. I know. Come on. But bear with me. I wanted to bring a little humor for us because some of us, honestly, myself included, need a little humor and to lose up. And really, promises, they can be something silly like that where you try to follow through with something and it didn't 
quite turn out the way you thought it would. But honestly, as I said before, breaking promises is just something that we do as humans. And there's a few reasons why that happens. And the first one is, you know, the Bible tells us that we're just born into a sinful nature. Our hearts are inherently evil. We're just generally selfish beings. And so sometimes when we make a promise because of the evilness in our heart, we might not follow through with it. Now, sometimes that might be the case, but sometimes, and maybe more often than not, hopefully, we don't follow through with our promises because it's just something outside of our power. It's outside of our ability. We're not all powerful. We're not all knowing. And maybe we make a promise like, hey, I'm going to be somewhere, but then the traffic's bad because of an accident or the flight gets canceled. Those are things that are out of our control. And we may have made a promise, but it's something that we can't control. It's something that we weren't all knowing. We're not all powerful. We can't control all the circumstances and situations. So even our best intentions to follow through with the promise, sometimes it just simply falls through. Sometimes it can be something that's lighthearted and something a little silly. And maybe you have some memories and you look back and be like, man, that was kind of terrible that that fell through. And maybe sometimes it can be a little hurtful where there's people who let us down that we cared for. We really thought they were going to follow through. But here's the thing that I want us to know today is that the God that we serve, the God that we follow, the God of the Bible, he will always follow through with his promises. That's right. If God made a promise, if he spoke it into being, he will follow through. That God is a man of his word, that if he said it, that's it. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to back up on that. He's not going to say, hey, you know what? I'm not sure if that's my best interest anymore. Hey, I don't know if they really deserve it. That God follows through on his promises. He keeps his promises. And we see this in a lot of places in the Bible where the Bible describes this, how, how God's character and how when he says something, he follows through. And I love the way that it says it in Numbers 23. It tells us this, that God is not a man, so he does not lie. I'll just pause there for a moment. I love what this is insinuating. It's basically saying that he's not a man, he doesn't lie, therefore men are liars. Well, I could probably raise my hand because I've told a few fibs and maybe you're included in that as well. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. He has never spoken, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Basically saying he's always come through. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? I love this passage in Numbers, reminding us of God's character, that who he is, that he's not going to lie. He's not going to change his mind. And if he said it, he's going to do it. And he will always follow through, saying God will fulfill his promises. This is who he is. It's what he does. It's at the core of his being. And now why is that important? See, as a Christ follower, it's important that we begin to understand the promises that God has given us. That when we understand the promises that he's given us, they become the foundation for our life and our Christian walk. Then in our faith, when we begin to understand the promises that God has spoke to us, it begins to change our situations, our circumstances, and even how we begin to see things going on around us. And it doesn't mean that life will always be perfect. It doesn't mean that we'll always get our way. It doesn't mean that life will be pain-free. It doesn't guarantee any of those things. But what it does guarantee is that we can stand and have a foundation of God's promises and maybe just begin to change our perspective on life. And maybe begin to see it through the lens and the way God sees it and the way He sees us. It's a very powerful thing. So as we begin to look at promises in the Bible, it can get a little overwhelming. Matter of fact, there are over 8,000 promises in the Bible. I don't know if any of your Bible trivia nerds out there and you knew that one, you can give me the exact number. Go ahead and throw that in the comments section. 
person closest to the comment will get it. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing a prize for that. But over 8,000 promises in the Word of God. And so when you begin to read those, maybe you ask the question, well, are all of these promises for me? Do every single one of these promises apply to my life? It's a really great question. So we have to ask ourselves, are these promises for me? Do they apply to my life? And if so, what's that mean and what's that look like? Well, I think there's a few things that we've got to do, and there's a few questions I want to walk through today that we have to ask ourselves, does this promise in the Bible apply to me? Does it apply to you? The first thing that we have to ask is, is this promise for a specific person or for a specific group of people? That there are promises in the Bible that God has spoken to a specific person, an individual who is in a story in the Bible, or a group of people in that time. So here's what's really important with a promise. We've got to understand the context for which the promise was spoken. We've got to know who in the story the promise was given to. See, it's really easy just to simply read like a sentence or two and delineate that promise there and then just simply apply it to our life. But it's so important that we back up a little bit, get into the context of the story, see who it is that God was speaking to and who that promise was given to. Point in case, one of the most popular promises that is spoken all the time, it's like on t-shirts, it's on mugs, it's on posters with inspirational posters with little kittens. Well, I don't know if there is, but one of you can make it. I have faith in you. There's a verse in Jeremiah 29 11 that gets talked about all the time. And to give you a little bit of context in history, there's the prophet Jeremiah who is giving a word of God to the people, speaking on God's behalf, and he's telling them something. And why is this important? Because you have to understand where the people were at this time. See, God's people were in exile. Their city, their culture, all of it had been destroyed. And not only that, the towns had been looted, their culture had been looted, and they took and they took all of the people and they left. And they went to exile, only just leaving a few people in their towns, in their cities, in their nation that is now in ruins. And they take them all into Babylon and they make them work for a different culture, for a different God that they don't serve, following a king who is a tyrant and who just destroyed their homes and their families. And so they're not in a good place. They're in a really terrible place. They're probably missing home. They're going through a lot of terrible things, and God is reminding him that that is, that is not ultimately where he wants them to be. And why this is especially important, this is after a long time, and he's basically saying there's going to be a lot more years after this where you're going to be in this position where it's terrible, but this is ultimately not what I have for you. Are you ready for this? Jeremiah 29, 11. Some of you might be able to recite it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, it's a pretty great promise, but see, it's a promise that is spoken to a specific people at a specific time going through something that God is bringing them through. Now, does that mean that the promise isn't for me? Not necessarily, but something that we have to understand with many of the promises in the Bible, while they might not be something specifically that God is speaking to me, it reveals the heart and character of God. God's promises reveal his heart, basically saying that when we go through something difficult, when we go through something that's uncomfortable, when we go through something where we're completely out of our element or we're miserable, whatever it is, fill in the blank, that God is with us and that he's for us and that his heart is for us and that he doesn't want to see us in a terrible situation, that he does have a plan to prosper, that he does want us to get through. And so many times God's promises when we read through these, even though it may not be specifically something God is speaking to me, 
it may be something that reveals his heart and his character, and we can understand a little bit more of who he is. So I love that verse as a reminder that he is with us and he is for us through those difficult situations. So that's the first question we have to ask. Is this promise for a specific person or a group of people? And if so, what does it reveal about the character of God? The second question we have to ask is this. Is the promise conditional? See, there are really two kinds of promises that God gives in the Bible. There are unconditional promises, and these are promises that it doesn't matter what I've done, it doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't rely on me fulfilling any kind of obligation or anything. And then there are conditional promises. Now, these are different because a conditional promise is usually tied to some kind of action. Many times it'll be like an if, or there's got to be a, almost like there's, there's a catch type thing. And it's not like a caught you, haha, but there's some things that sometimes we have to follow through in order to receive this promise that God has given us. And I think a really great example of this is in Matthew 6, 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, did you catch it? That we have to seek God first in his kingdom. Seek what he wants, and then you'll have the promise. Then these things will be added unto you. Then you will get these things. See, God is saying that there's, there's a condition to this. Now, why would God do this? Is it like some kind of like dangle the carrot in front of us, and God's cruel, and he just wants to see us, you know, squirm for the blessing? No, it's not it at all. See, many times God will have a condition on a blessing because he wants us to understand that doing things his way is going to be the best way. And then many times when we submit or whatever it is on the condition that we're willing to fulfill or step out in faith or whatever it is that it's requiring from us, that God is basically teaching us. He's developing our character. He's helping us become more like Jesus. And so when we understand that sometimes those blessings have a condition attached. It would simply be like people who are in a relationship with Jesus. If you want to be a child of God, if you want to be connected to him, then you've got to come on the condition that you've got to come to a relationship only through Jesus. That there is no other way to a relationship, to reconciliation with the Heavenly Father. And so there, sometimes there are conditions, and there are unconditional blessings. There are both. There are promises that God has given us that sometimes we have nothing to do with. And sometimes there are things that God asks us to do for that promise that we have to fulfill our end. So the first one was simply to ask if the question was for, the question was to ask if it was specifically for a group or a person in the time. We've got to know the context. And then the second one is the promise conditional. Is there something on my end that I have to be doing to help see that come to pass? The third question that we have to ask is this. Is it supported elsewhere in Scripture? Is the promise supported elsewhere in Scripture? Now, why is this important? Because it is way too easy and pretty common to just simply cherry pick a promise out of the Bible and simply apply it to a situation where we want it to make sense. So sometimes it's really easy to say, here's what I need to hear God say. I need to back up what I'm trying to do. So let me just go find a promise from the Bible, no context, nothing else, and simply apply it to my situation, basically to validate what it is that I'm trying to do, or pretty much say this is the right thing. Now sometimes it can be something innocent, or it can be something not just fully understanding what it is that's being said in the Bible, but sometimes, just sometimes, we can use these promises in a kind of a manipulative way. We can try to say, here's something that I'm doing that's kind of sinful, but it would be really easy just to say, this is the blessing, 
This is the promise that God is giving me, and so therefore it justifies my actions. See, there's a verse in Psalm 37, 4, and it says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So what would it look like if someone was in a marriage that they were no longer content with? And they decided they wanted to end that marriage and just get out of it. And they didn't want to put the hard work or their time in. And they just decided, hey, here's a verse that backs that up. God wants me to have the desires of my heart. And the desire of my heart is to no longer be in this marriage with this person anymore. And so it would be very easy to take that promise that God has given us and just simply say, well, therefore, I don't have to follow through. But we know from understanding the scripture that divorce is not part of God's plan. It's not part of the best of what he has or wants or desires for us. And so we've got to understand, is there other things in the Bible that support that promise? You simply just can't take a promise out of context context and apply it to your life and say, well, hey, look, I guess this is what God said. This is what I get to do now. It's understanding that there's got to be more than just that one promise that's backing up the action that we're trying to do, the thing that it is that we want. So we have to ask ourselves, is it supported elsewhere in Scripture? The fourth one is this. Is the promise supporting God's will or is it supporting my will. Basically saying it this way, is this promise something that is helping advancing God's kingdom, his agenda, his will for my life? Or is it simply is it simply just helping out my will? Is it just helping my agenda? Because I truly believe that all of God's promises in the end, they are just simply to advance his purposes, to advance his will, to advance his kingdom. That sometimes, and just sometimes, the promises may not advance what it is that we want. There will be times where God's promises won't align with our own dreams, our own visions, the things that we want, our own desires. And it is not even always in a sinful way. It's not that we're trying to simply justify the things that we want that are wrong, but just sometimes the things that we want might not be inside of God's will. I know that could be complicated and we don't really have time to unpack all of that, but here's what we've got to grasp. That God has a will, that He has a desire, and He's trying to achieve and do things in us. He's trying to achieve and do things throughout this world through us, and that sometimes we might not fully understand, and it may require us to lay down our desires. It may require us laying down our will in order to achieve those promises that He has given us. And I know that can be a little bit difficult, and honestly, sometimes that can be incredibly frustrating. Because it could feel like, God, if you were good and you were for me, why wouldn't you want to fulfill this promise? Why wouldn't you, like we read in Psalms, just you wouldn't want me to have the desire of my heart? But see, what we've got to understand is the Bible makes it so clear that God says that His ways are above our ways. They're not the same as ours. And we, we are not kind of on the same thinking plane as He is. That He just maybe has an idea, knows some things. Even think of it like when you're a little child. That your parents do things a little bit differently. You might see it as unfair as a child. But as a parent, you know it's the best thing for your child. And the same thing is true. That God is a loving, heavenly Father that wants the best for us. And sometimes the things that we want may not line up with His will. And honestly... We may not understand. We may not ever understand. Maybe we get to heaven someday and like me, I got a list, right? I got some questions I'd like to ask God, like, what is going on? Why did this have to happen? Why did this go this way? Why didn't you answer the prayer the way I thought that you would or the way that I thought that you should? But see, God's promises that he has given us are always going to advance his kingdom and his will, even in our life. And something that I've learned is God is more interested in what he's doing in me than what he is doing through me. 
that God is more interested in the journey that he is taking on than even the things, the goals, the dreams, the things that we want to achieve in our lives, in our families, that God ultimately is trying to build us to become more like Jesus. So we have to ask ourselves that question. Is the promise going to achieve God's will or are we simply just trying to achieve our own will? So as we wrap up today, I think there's a few things that I, we got to understand. It is so important that we understand the promises that God has given us. It is so vital as Christ followers, as people who have said yes to Jesus, that we understand the promises that God has spoke to us. And now more than ever, this is so important. Why? Because we're going through a global pandemic. There is a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. And if you're not feeling any fear, uncertainty, my hat's off to you. Maybe you can let me know what your secret is because there just seems to be like, we just don't know when will things go back to normal. And so much insecurity and people losing jobs and people facing uncertainty and when will we go back to school and when will we go to church and when will things get opened up again will we ever get to play watch the Steelers play again or any other Pittsburgh sports team right there's a lot of fear and anxiety that goes into it some of you are like that's pretty low on my list but hey there's a few yinzers where you're really feeling that stress right now and wherever you're at on that spectrum when we begin to understand the promises that God gave us it helps us change our perspective instead of being tied up and twisted in fear and uncertainty we can begin to rest on the promises that God has given us and one of the promises i want to share with you is that he is with you that God has given us his word made his promise to us that he is with us and that he will never leave us matter of fact deuteronomy 31:8 says it this way be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. We could almost edit that a little bit and say this. Do not fear or be in dread of the global pandemic of COVID-19, for the Lord your God who goes with you. And then it says he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. See, we can be reminded of this promise and see the character of God, that he is with us, that he's not going to leave us, that he's not going to walk away, no matter the situation that you face, no matter the circumstance you're going through, that God is with you, that he is in this with you, and that you don't have to fear, that you don't have to have all the answers. There is a certain level of comfort that comes from knowing the God who created it all, the one who made the universe, the stars. Just think about the galaxies who created us, everything, that that God is with you. And there's a comfort that comes with knowing I don't have to have it all figured out. Now, are there things out there that are just genuine that you could be fearful of? Yes, there's some pretty scary situations going on right now. But when we understand the promise that God has given us in his word, that he's not going to leave us, that he's going to be there, it begins to change our perspective. It begins to put our focus and our trust and our faith in him. I like how Romans 8 says it as well, that Paul writing to the church in Romans and reminding them that God is with them and that he's for them. In Romans 8, starting in verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword, basically listening out all these terrible situations. And maybe as you read that, you could write it out. Show what, what are the things that you're facing that you fear that have you get, getting you down, that really beating you up in life. 
As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to being slaughtered. It is a terrible situation, right? In verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than able to overcome through Jesus, is what it's telling us. In verse 38, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, that is such a powerful promise to stand on. That no matter what you go through, no matter what you face, no matter what you've got going on in your marriage, in your home, no matter what you've got going on with job security, no matter what you've got going on with just the feelings and anxiety and the angst that you feel or the depression that you've been facing, friends, it doesn't matter what you've got going on even physically. All through all of this, we can be reminded and stand on the promise that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. See, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but sometimes just having someone go through something with you can mean the world and make all the difference. I don't know if you've been through something difficult and just knowing that someone has your back, and maybe you've even experienced this sometime growing up. You had a a parent or a, a beloved aunt and uncle or grandparent that walked you through a difficult time and the comfort that came and they, they didn't change the situation. It's not like they could fix the problem, but they could simply comfort you. How? By their presence, by being there with you through it. It can be a very powerful thing to knowing that there are people who empathize with us, who are going through the pain in the situation with us, to know that we're not alone. And I want to remind you today that you are not alone. No matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what you're going through, that God is with you and he loves you. And maybe you're here and you're you're listening, you're watching today, and maybe you experienced the opposite. Maybe you had some people in your life who really broke some promises and it was pretty painful. Maybe they weren't with you. Maybe they weren't there for you. Maybe it was the opposite. Instead of being comfort, you just found some really harsh criticism or feeling alone or being isolated or being neglected. Whatever it is the case you can be reminded that we serve a heavenly father who has given us his promise in his word over and over that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, he will never abandon you, he will never walk away. We need to stand on those promises. There are so many promises that we can begin to unpack, but here's what I want to leave you with today. Some practical application. You need to begin to learn these promises and get them into your life and begin to stand on them. I know with everything going on in the world today and the news cycle and constantly just reading the news or all the insanity everyone's saving on, sharing on social media, it can become so overwhelming. And sometimes you simply got to hit the pause button and say, I know this is everything going on in the world. I'm not trying to just simply bury my head in the sand and pretend like it doesn't exist. But sometimes you just got to get in the word of God and say, here's the promise that he's giving me. Yes, it's scary. Yes, I don't know what's going on. Yes, there's uncertainty, but I'm going to stand on the promise promises that God has given me. And you begin to even just begin to pray and declare these. And this is something that I do all the time. And a prayer that I say all the time is that God is with me. And if God is with me, he is for me. And if he is for me, then who can be against me? And that reminder that no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, that God is going to be with me and he is on my side. 
You've got to begin to get into the word, learn these promises, begin to declare them, find one or two to start to memorize, keep them in your pocket, be able to just pray them and declare them in your life and see the difference that it begins to make in every aspect of your life. Maybe you need to sign, find some promises for your family and begin to declare those over them, over your children, over your spouse. Maybe for your business that you're starting or the business you're running or that you're leading, whatever it is, begin to pray those declarations and stand on those promises that God has given you. Friends, it's such a powerful thing and something that we've got to understand that God is going to fulfill his promises. That if he has spoken, then he is going to back it up and we can take that to the bank. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you fulfill your promises. Thank you for this reminder that you are not a man, that you will lie, that you are not going to change your mind. But God, that if you said it, you are going to do it. And if you made the promise, you are going to come through. Not sometimes, but every time. God, I just pray that we would begin to be diligent to learn these promises that you have given us, to begin to pray them and declare them over our family, over our situation, God. To be reminded that when we go through the storm, when we go through the difficulty, that God, you are right there with us. God, I thank you that you are true to your word true to your promises. God, I just pray for those watching or listening today, and if they just needed that reminder today, God, to just come to you and just bring those difficulties to you, to just open up their heart to you, God, to be willing to trust and put their faith in you, God, and to know that you have their best interest at heart. God, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you're watching today, One of the greatest promises that God has given us is salvation through his son, Jesus. That he has made a way for us to have relationship with him. But it's one of those conditional promises. Why? We simply have to surrender our life to him. There's nothing you can do to be good enough. You can't earn a relationship with God. It's not about enough good deeds versus bad deeds. It's not about any of that. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how terrible a person you've been in your past. God simply says, if you will accept what Jesus has done, if you believe in him, if you surrender your life to him, then God says you can have relationship with him. And honestly, it's the best decision you could ever make. Why is it all so important? Because so many of these promises that God has given us in his word, they are conditional on us being in relationship with the heavenly father. They are conditional on us becoming a son and daughter of God. And I don't know about you, but I want all the promises that God has given me. So if this is you and you have never asked Christ into your life before, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, we're going to just ask you to pray this simple prayer. And there's no magic in these words. It's not a special word of prayer that you have to say. It's simply posturing your heart and saying, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. I can't do this on my own. I can't be good enough. I can't make this happen. I can't do it anymore by myself. I need to know that you are with me and that you are for me. Just simply repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my life. Make me new. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey friends, if you said that prayer and you believed it in your heart, I just want to say that there is a party going on in heaven right now. Matter of fact, the Bible says that even when one person comes to relationship with the Father, all of heaven is rejoicing. So if you would help us out, if you said that prayer and you invited Christ into your life today, we would love to come alongside of you and help you make some next steps in this journey of following after God. Just simply text the word rejoice to 970 Zero, 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 and we will get back with you and help you make some next steps. We want to help get connected and honestly, we just want to know who you are and celebrate. We're not going to like show up at your house or anything weird or text you a hundred times a day, but we just simply want to come alongside of you and help you make some next steps. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We're going to sing this chorus together and then we'll see you in the church lobby right after. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.